it's November, which means we've officially entered into the season of happy holidays. When it's socially acceptable to wear homemade sweaters to church. <laughs> the time of year which, as Andy Williams put it, is the most wonderful time of the year. It's scientifically proven because of the kids' jingle belly and everyone telling you, be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year, don't you think? It's the hap happiest season of all. Uh, with those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings, when friends come to call, it's the hap happiest season of all. Except it's also the most stressful season of all. <laughs> it's the most insanely pressure-filled and anxiety-inducing time of the year. It's the busiest time of the year because they, there will be parties for hosting and marshmallows for roasting and caroling out in the snow. <laughs> There'll be scary ghost stories. Who tells ghost stories at Christmas? And tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago, which means fresh disappointment because this year didn't live up to what you hoped it would be when you idealized the Christmases of long, long ago. It won't be like it was for you when you were 12 because there'll be too much to do and now there's the pressures of being a grown-up and nobody likes the gifts you got and the lines are too long or the deliveries came too late and I could go on, but it's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, there'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near, right? Except your family is totally psychotic. And every gathering means some fresh mind-blowing drama. It makes you want to run, but it's the most wonderful time of the year. Mr. Mike Dalio, friends. <laughs> Uh, was last year at this time stressful for you? And did it become more stressful as you moved toward December? Did you find yourself experiencing family drama back then and wishing that you won't this year but thinking maybe you will? Uh, did some of you have a less than happy holiday because of a loss? Uh, a personal loss, a loss in your family, a loss of a loved one? Uh, did anyone at the end of Christmas last year, tell themselves emphatically, this is not gonna happen again next year. This is the last time I run myself ragged like that. Did anyone do that? I did that. I did that and I asked the staff to make me promise that it wouldn't happen again this year and I was reminded that I was already on the wrong track two weeks ago when I promised to do more than is humanly possible. We are meant actually to experience this time of year as a time of joy and a time of gladness, a time of happiness and a time of rest and renewal and rejuvenation. 
not just because the world says so, but because the God who gathers us together on mornings like this has something especially beautiful and meaningful for all of us in November and December. But the truth is, we are almost guaranteed to miss out on it unless we take advantage of what God has already given us to know, and instead of just knowing it up here, we actually get busy doing it. And so what we need, and what I'm going to offer in November, is wisdom. Wisdom is not just the right ideas, but it is the kind of knowledge which leads to practice which makes life flourish. And one of the most beautiful gifts which God promises to give without any ambiguity is the gift of wisdom. For all who seek it, for every single person, for every man and every woman who goes on the search for not only knowing but living according to God's way, the promise is that God will bless abundantly with wisdom. Have any of you in here any familiarity with the book of Proverbs right in the center of our Bible? Do some of you? It's got 31 chapters, one for every day of the month, except for those months which have fewer days. And if you yourself would take up the practice of feeding upon God's word, one chapter a day, what you would find is that the most important gift in general, but especially for this season, which is wisdom, would be there for you. And God promises it over and over again in the book of Proverbs that the most valuable thing that anyone can find, which is more valuable than silver or gold or jewels even, is wisdom. And he gives to all who seek without any uh, hesitance. And the kind of wisdom I mean is practical. And what we'll start this morning and we'll do each week in November, so four weeks, and there will be a brand new homemade sweater each week. <laughs> Mom, thank you. Um, you don't have to make new ones. I have them at home. So <laughs> what will be given to us each week is the wisdom that we need in this season, a wisdom so that we're able to move through those things which threaten to undo the gift that God means to give us. And so this morning, we're going to start with the broadest problem and the simplest wisdom, and it is the problem of busyness. I was too busy last year, and because of that, I was a bad witness to the truth that I stand before you and tell others. And that's the worst of it. It also means physical and emotional and mental exhaustion. It means I'm not good for the people around me in the way that I meant to be. And it means I miss every good gift that God means to give in this season. And I bet I'm not the only one who was too busy last year. Would anyone else acknowledge it with a hand raised? Okay. So for you, especially this morning, I want to offer God's wisdom, not my wisdom, but rather the wisdom that God gives, which, if we are able to open ourselves to, will be a benefit to us so that we can be the light that God means us to be in the world around us. And so this morning, just one very small but potent uh, bit of wisdom from the middle of the book, of, or the end of the book of Proverbs in chapter 23. For those whose problem is busyness, open your eyes your ears and your heart now uh, to this wisdom in 23 verse 4. Listen to this. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Be wise enough to desist. This wise teacher tells us what not to do. Wear yourself out. 
He also tells us what we should do. Desist. This is the uncomplicated teaching. Do not wear yourself out. Be wise enough to desist, which every one of us in here needs to accept as if from God himself, this wisdom, if we allow it to shape our steps in the two months that are before us, Thanksgiving and Christmas, especially during this season where we will be tempted just like last year and the year before that to be too busy. This is the wisdom which God will bless us with if we're open to it. And in order to learn what God wants us to from this passage, we need to begin with clarity about the immediate issue addressed here, which is the drive to get rich. Some of you in here are not affected by that drive. I do not want you to miss what God still will teach you through this wisdom. Others of you are driven by that goal. Uh, All of us together need to listen to the wisdom here about what life looks like when it's too busy. Let's start with this to get rich. In the absence of artificial light sources, Think yourselves way back in time when this was written in the 7th century B.C. Normal patterns of work were set by the rhythm of the sunrise and the sunset. Activity began and ended according to the color of the sky. Uh, We were reminded of that afresh this morning with daylight savings time, right? Getting an extra hour is nice, isn't it? Don't you hate springing forward? (laughs) Me too. Wearing oneself out to get rich in the 7th century meant, BC, meant getting to work before the sun rose and working past the time that the sun went down. Uh, Laboring in the dark was seen as completely unnatural, but it appears to have been the path that some chose back then in hope in hopes of acquiring wealth. Why would someone do that back then? It was the allure of riches. The appeal of money and the benefits which seemed to come with it drove certain people to incessant activity because back then, people believed that if you got wealthy, then you would be truly satisfied. Then your heart could rest. Then everything would be well. Can you believe they had that foolish idea back then? I want you to listen now. The promise of well-being because of riches is a false promise. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with wealth and riches. In fact, wealth and riches can give you a unique opportunity to do God's will and way very powerfully in the world. But here, the wise teacher wants you to know, listen now, that if you wear yourself out to get rich, then you are a fool. And there's a reason why. Uh, In the next verse... He unfolds why that is true. Look at what he goes on to say about riches. When your eyes light upon it, it is gone. For suddenly it takes wings to itself, flying like an eagle toward heaven. Follow this teaching. Okay, an eagle is an impressive creature which you may see with your eyes and it will certainly inspire you, but the moment you try to grasp it with your hands, it will escape you. There is absolutely nothing that anyone can do to constrain an eagle with his bare hands. It will always elude him. And now here's the point. The same is true of the promise of well-being from wealth. 
When you see a person who is richer than you are, your eyes will trick you into believing that if you had their wealth, then you would have the soul satisfaction and deep security and well-being that you think they have because of their money. But, listen, you can no more grab a hold of that well-being by getting rich than you can grab a hold of an eagle and stop him from flying into the sky. And that is the wisdom that this teacher wants to give every person who is tempted in his day to wear herself out to get rich. It's not a worthy goal because of the good it promises, which is false, which is why wisdom tells her, do not wear yourself out for this goal. Now, let me ask you, if you are not among us here as the person who is driven by the goal of getting rich, which some of you may be, what is the thing which tempts you to get up too early and to stay up too late in order to acquire it? And this is a question where I'm going to ask you to reflect on where you really are in life. Uh, all of us will face the temptation in one way or another to chase the wrong goals, especially in November and December especially when expectations that we put on ourselves are so high or the expectations that others put on us are so high or the expectations that we have of ourselves either culturally or even because we are Christians in this season, the question is, what are you incessantly racing to acquire? Think of it. What are you getting up before the sun rises to grasp a hold of? And what are you going beyond the time that the sun has set in order to get? What drives your busyness? Uh, now, there's at least one high school student in here right now who's thinking, is this the Sunday when the preacher tells me that having to get up early for school and stay up late doing homework is against God's will and wishes? <laughs> is this the Sunday when going to church finally pays off for me? <laughs> Maybe I'm saying that. And parents, don't get too mad just yet. Maybe I am saying that wearing yourself out and your children out to have the highest achieving students in your family might not be a worthy goal. Engineering every second of their lives to give them some competitive edge. Uh, working when they're in preschool to position them for the best college and the best career so they can get the best job in order to earn enough to live in the right neighborhood so their kids can go to the right school and get the best job so that they'll earn the right income so that your grandchildren can go to the right school, do you see? that maybe this is not something that's worth wearing yourself out to get? Yes, if you have underachieving children, don't be too proud just yet. I'm gonna put you on the hook too. Uh, maybe you're wearing yourself out to keep up with the neighbors. Maybe you're wearing yourself out to earn praise from the people who you respect. Maybe at Thanksgiving, you're gonna wear yourself out to prove your parents wrong. Or maybe it's that you're going to do everything within your power and you're going to ramp it up because you're going to be around them to be better than your siblings. Or maybe it's to make every single person that you interact with happy. Anyone else do that? Maybe you're going to wear yourself out to change that stubborn person in your life who you know should be different. Whatever it is, if you would think for a moment of what wears you out, and would you agree with me that the holiday season will present you with loads of opportunities to busy yourself with something that wears you out that's not worth it, yes? How about holiday cards? Anybody in here do those holiday cards with the photos? I know a lot of you do because I had them hanging on my wall in my kitchen last year. And you know what it does, don't you? 
It makes you have more next year because you have to make sure you send one to the people who sent you one, right? And so you have to get a picture that makes everybody in your family look ideal and perfect, right? And you have to figure out how to word it exactly right so you sound as impressive at least or maybe more so than everyone else's. I wish one year someone would take a real picture of their family at their worst. You're arguing at the kitchen table. You're fighting with the kids over homework. You're slacking on the couch in your sweats. Your hair's not done. You, you're a mess. And then the caption should say, something like, pray for us, we're a mess this year. <laughs> right, but instead, those markers become moments of stress for us. And what the wise teacher wants us to know is that it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't. Because if you grasp a hold of that image for the others of, of how good you're doing, what you've tried to do is grasp a hold of an eagle. You can't. Uh, even if you could, it wouldn't be worth it. But you can't. And so instead of pressing yourself always and ever to run this November and December, and I want it to be as practical as your schedule tomorrow and the next day, here, this teacher invites us to embrace divine wisdom. God's wisdom for us. Look at it very simply what this teacher tells us not to do. Look at it. Do not wear yourself out. Wearing yourself out means spending energy at a rate that is higher than you are replenishing it. Let's keep this as simple as we can. Uh, true wisdom is simple. Work and activity and busyness depletes you. It empties you out. Rest and leisure and joy renews you. It fills you up. And once you get to the point where the outflow is routinely greater than the inflow, you are on the path to wearing yourself out. It pertains not only to your enjoyment, but any emotionally, mentally, and spiritually engaging activity which results in a pursuit that drains you. The sun going down at the end of each day is meant to be a simple indication to you that it is time to stop running, that it is time to stop depleting energy, that if, and, and the truth is, if you disregard that rhythm for enough days in a row, you're going to be worn out. And then you will experience the consequences, both short-term and long-term, of chronic busyness. And I promise that both of those consequences are bad for you. Do some of you know the short-term and long-term consequences of being too busy? Yes? then here, let's pause here, and, and for those of you who didn't say yes, you're going to get this because you didn't say yes. I'm going to give you a list of why busy is bad, all right? If you know it already, let this moment of reflection impress upon you the importance of taking to heart this admonition of not wearing yourself out. Busy is bad in four ways, and we're going to take them one at a time. First of all, busy is bad for your heart. When you're worn out because you won't stop running, you become more fussy and less patient. You become more, uh, more grumpy and less kind. You become more touchy and less tolerant, more rigid and less flexible. Does anybody in here know that from experience? 
You could ask Michelle, my wife, about it, and she'd tell you it happened yesterday. When you are always busy, it takes less to set you off, you have a shorter fuse, and when it does burn down, your explosions always have more power. You're more hostile and aggressive when you're all spent. Too busy is bad for you emotionally. It's bad for your heart, which often turns out to be bad for the hearts of the people who have to be near you. And this is the first way in which busy is bad. It's bad for you emotionally. It's bad for your heart. There's a second way. Busy is also bad, not only for your heart, but also for your mind. Your body, all of our bodies are equipped with a regulatory system that adjusts to busyness physiologically. Your pituitary gland secretes hormones in response to internal stress, which are helpful to you. However, at a certain point, your body passes a threshold and these helpful hormones begin to have a measurable negative impact on cognitive function. So busyness becomes bad for your mind. Does anyone in here know from experience how when your energy levels reach a certain low and you don't stop trying to keep going because you have so much to manage that there's a fog that descends on your mind and you start making extraordinary mistakes, which sometimes lead to disasters? All right, yes, a mom decides to host Christmas for both of her sons and their families, but the sons have to come over at different times. No matter, she draws up a schedule for how everything's gonna go and she puts it on the fridge. Cleaning the house in the morning, setting the table so that it's exactly right and looks like a Hallmark card. Drinks are arranged in the side fridge. Appetizers of every kind. Shrimp cocktails, salmon, bagels with locks, all spread cured Italian meats, cheeses, dips, shrimp. You get the point? Are you getting hungry? I'm thinking of what happens every year at my parents' house at Christmas time. The table is set perfectly. The timing for the gift opening is arranged exactly right. Everything is in order. The first family comes. It's joyful. The second family arrives. Their gift opening is also joyful. Now the table has Scriptures rolled up beside every plate so that before the meal begins, we can read the Christmas story and hear about the reason for this time. And everybody sits and, and the scriptures are read, but before the amen is pronounced, the question is asked, was the filet mignon put in the oven? <laughs> it was not. Mom, it was a great Christmas anyway. When you're too busy you make mistakes that you wouldn't have made because of your mind. And that's because of the third way which busy is bad for you. It is not only bad for your heart and your mind, it's bad for your whole body. And of course, your heart and mind are a part of your body. Uh, but chronic busyness, and this is serious, is a health hazard to every system that God gave your body so that it would function well. Chronic stress, being busy all the time, the whole thing, top to bottom, suffers when you, prolong, uh, when you experience prolonged periods of elevated stress. And listen now, doctors who specialize in the body's response to busyness have noted the physiological systems activated by anxiety and how they damage the body in very measurable ways. Researchers have documented the ne negative changes in the autonomic nervous system, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, and the cardiovascular, metabolic, and immune system, all because of wear and tear on the chronic overactivity for your allostatic.
static system. Yes, your preacher can download relevant excerpts from scholarly articles and read them for you on Sunday. (laughs) Prolonged stress, and this is true. It has a measurable negative impact on your cardiovascular, metabolic, and immune system. Uh, Here are some of the consequences of prolonged busyness. Heightened blood pressure, low bone density, recurrent depressive illnesses, accelerated aging, myocardial infarction, premature deterioration in the hippocampus, suppressed cellular immunity, and increased vulnerability in general to infections. All of them are associated with prolonged stress. Busyness is bad for your whole body. Am I trying to scare you? Yes. And I'll tell you why. Because I want to help you. And I want to help you be less busy in this particular season. Not just because I am, in general, a benevolent person. And not just because I care about your physical health, which I do. But because of the fourth way which busy is bad for you. And this is the most important. That's why I've left it last. It's that busyness is bad for your soul. And to be a pastor, to be someone who's invited into a community like this, and given the responsibility through times of prayer and reflection and meditation on the men and women who God has put in my sphere of influence. And then to come beside you in my imagination and then to take up the scriptures puts me in the place where what I want more than anything else is for your souls to thrive. And the truth about busyness is that it also ruins your soul. And by soul, I mean that part of you that God himself created so that there would be an openness in you to his true presence so that you would not just be a person who moves through the motions day after day, but rather a person who experiences genuine connection and fellowship and relationship with the God who created you and loves you more than you could possibly fathom or imagine, and that is exactly what God made you for, and especially in November and December, the opportunities for your soul to be open to him in a way that is truly transformational, which is renewing and joyful, which is restorative and reconciling for you. That opportunity is most potent now. And as long as you are too busy to stop and attend to the quiet and unobtrusive presence of God in you, you will miss it, the best thing that you can possibly grasp this season. And so here I want you to know that the call not to wear yourself out is first and most foundationally an invitation for you to have a healthy soul. Why is it so important in this season? Let me be very specific here. Thanksgiving. If you have negative associations with Thanksgiving because of how busy it is or or because family members are annoying or because you've lost someone you love, listen, I'll deal with that next week and the week after. Okay, that's what we're going to talk about next week, how challenging it can be to be at family gatherings if you have a psychotic uncle. <laughs> and, and, and the week after that, how hard it is to deal with loss. But for now, Thanksgiving, think about it for a moment. It's the season that is meant to be the season of gratitude. Uh, it's a time for Christians that is meant to be those moments when we reflect on the good things which God has given us, even though we never could have earned it or deserve it. But it is literally impossible to be grateful when you are too busy. Experiencing gratitude takes unhurried time for reflection and joy. It takes 
attention uh, to the very simple things for which you are grateful. And listen now, we have many things physically to be grateful for, but for those who follow Jesus, we have the most profound things that anyone could have to be grateful for. Would you open your heart for just a moment and let me tell you what we have to be thankful for as Christians. We have the assurance of God's love and acceptance. Thank you for saying amen. It means truly. And that's the truth. And it's for everyone. If you haven't come to faith yet, would you come to faith already and embrace and receive what will make you thankful, which is God's acceptance and love? We have adoption into God's family and the blessings of divine inheritance. We have the promise of God's fatherly protection and presence every moment. And we have the hope of God's future restoration and eternal joy in God's presence with everything that we've ever loved and lost, perfected forever because of God's grace. Do you see how much we have to be thankful for? That's, that's Thanksgiving, and that's going to happen in November. And if you're too busy, you're going to miss it. Christmas, that's the season when we remember that all of those good things are ours, open your hearts to this, because God himself has come to live with us in Jesus Christ. God has become a man to live with us and to walk this road with us. And when he left, he, he ascended into heaven alive. And by the way, Jesus is alive and sent the Holy Spirit to be with us so that God's presence dwells in our hearts fully and completely even. Now, the child born in the manger is God with us, and at Christmas, we're not only meant to remember this, but to experience his real presence in our heart through faith. And when you're too busy, there's no room in your heart. This is the season for consciously preparing our hearts to receive Christ. It's in Christ that God has set us free, called us his own, worked to make all things come together for for our good, promised his continued presence and help, and it is through Christ that he will one day restore the creation to himself. That's what Christmas is about. And in order for us to be grateful and receive the indwelling presence of Christ, the invitation that's given to us here through this wise sage is to stop your busyness. Can you see why it's so important? Now, I want to give you some practical steps to get there. And, and, and let's come back again away from my list to what the sage has already taught us in this simple phrase in, in Proverbs 23, 4. We're not to wear ourselves out. What should we do? There it is in the end of his statement. Be wise enough to desist. Desist means stop. It means to cease your activity. It means be still and rest. It means no more working, no more running, no more striving, just taking it easy. Now, I know that someone in here right now is saying at this moment, I have too much work to do to desist. And the reason I know that is I say that. I do. I actually say it. It's happened more than once in the last month that wise, loving people have said to me, Christian, you need to stop. And I've said, I'm too busy to stop. And if I trust God's word through this wisdom, what I should have said is I'm too stupid to stop. That's literally what this means. It means to say I'm too busy to desist is exactly the same as saying I'm too stupid to desist. 
because the wise person desists. And so here, how will you do it? And this is for me. How will I do it? I've got four steps which are concrete, and I promise you, if you follow these steps, I'm absolutely sure of this, it will enable you to be less frenetic and crazed and haggard and busy in this season and therefore more open to gratitude and the coming of Christ so that you will become the one through whom God's light shines in November and December. Here they are, number one. The first step toward managing your busyness and how to desist is first plan ahead. Uh, there are plenty of things that you need to accomplish between now and January 1st. And to be a responsible adult, you should accomplish them. You have to manage these, but that does not mean that you have to be insanely busy. In fact, often the reason that we race all around, excuse me, the reason I race all around is that instead of working smarter, I just try to work harder. And what I need to do instead is to start with planning out the important things you need to get out your calendar and sit down with the person whose schedule overlaps with yours and you need to spend an hour or two marking out the most important things between now and January 1. You need to start there. That's number one. Got it? Okay, good. Excellent. Thank you. You're making me feel affirmed. <laughs> Secondly, this is the second thing you're going to do and this has to do with your calendar also. You are going to schedule rest. Because if you do this, if you put down the big things, you're going to have an hour on Friday afternoon. At work, you're going to have an open window right before lunch on Wednesday, November. I, don't, I, did, I should have planned ahead, but that's going to happen, right? And what's going to take place is if you leave that open, it's going to get filled with something that's not ideal. Cruising around on the internet. Uh, getting yourself tangled up in the news stories, which only make you feel worse anyway or being pulled into some activity that someone invites you into that's not actually good for you or productive. It just makes you more frazzled. So what you're going to do, this is what you're going to do. You're going to write down an appointment on Friday at, at 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock, and the appointment is going to say, Fyodor Dostoevsky, because you love reading Russian novels. Or if you don't love reading that Russian novels, schedule time with your favorite author, because that restores you. And then when someone says, hey, are you free to come help me at this time? You say, I, I can't, I have an appointment already. And don't tell them who it's with, just, it's an appointment. All right, do the same on a Saturday. Maybe there's two or three Saturdays that aren't booked up yet. Don't leave those open because they're gonna get scapped up that something's gonna pull you into frenet frenetic activity. Just put down sweats, couch, blanket, nap, for like three hours. Put that down, schedule rest, and not only will you find yourself less busy, but you will be following the pattern that God's word presents to us as, as the path to thriving. That's the second thing I want you to do. Here's the third thing that you're going to have to do once you've got that in place. It is going to have, you're going to have to do this. You're going to do this to desist. You're going to have to say no more often in November and December. And I know this because uh, what drives some of you this is the thing actually that gets some of you up too early and keeps you up too late, is the incessant effort to make everybody happy around you. And this also is like trying to grasp an eagle. You can't do it. And if you could do it, it wouldn't help you anyway. 
and you're afraid to say no because you're going to hurt their feelings, or maybe they won't invite you to their holiday party next year, or you won't be included in that social event, or you're going to miss out on something that would have been just like a holiday gift card. Listen, trying to make everybody happy and trying to have every experience that anyone can ever have is going to wear you out, and so I want you to practice with me now, okay? I want you to try this, all right? Everybody's going to try this. We're all in this together. Hey, will you join me for yet another holiday party? One, two, three. No. Perfect. Okay, great. And the person who said it ahead of time, you get extra marks. No. You can say no more. And, and you're going to be able to do these three, to plan ahead and schedule rest and say no more. When you do the fourth thing, which is the most important part of how to desist, it's that you're going to trust God. You're going to trust the God who says very simply that if you have to wear yourself out to get it, it's not the good which I mean for you to have. Now, please listen to this. That is not a, an excuse for being lazy. It's not. You should work hard. You should work really hard. You should have goals before you that are worthy goals and do everything that is within your power to acquire those good goals. But the moment you start wearing yourself out for some promise that is false, you've immediately turned yourself over to trusting you or the times or whatever it is rather than trusting God. And what you need to be steered back toward is to trust the one who is completely and totally trustworthy. And, and that is the wisest thing I can tell you, to trust God because he is the one who loves you more than you know and has before you the right steps which are better for you than you could ever imagine. And so this morning, together here at the start of this happy holiday season, I want to remind us all not to wear ourselves out for any promise that isn't the path that God sets before us, but rather to be wise enough to desist. Let's pray. God, we love you for the simplicity of the wisdom that you give to us when we come to your word. I ask very simply that having gathered together this morning to open ourselves up to the wisdom of this teacher would help us become people who this holiday season actually do experience the joy and happiness that you've made us for. We pray that we would be open to receive every blessing that comes with your presence so that we can be people who pass along your goodness to those who are around us so that we can be a blessing in the world as you yourself have blessed us. We thank you for this time and we ask that it would build our souls so that we can be your witnesses in this world in Jesus' name. Amen.